0: Hello and welcome to Donna Cloney Parish dial-in service. We're glad you can join with us in the services that we're trying to produce Sunday by Sunday. And we hope you're encouraged and helped and challenged by them. We want you to know that we are still trying to connect with people. And if you need any help at this time, whether for prescriptions or uh, for help or just want to speak to someone, please phone the Rectory on 388-2169. Or the curatage on double eight two five double one. We're here to help you. We hope you enjoy this service. This morning, before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would speak through your Word, that you would teach us and help us to live in light and truth. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Let me tell you a story and ask you a question. What would you do in the situation that I found myself many, many years ago? I was living in Dunlis Avenue. Uh, There was a whole pile of students in the house. And one of the girls in the house, she got a telephone call from her mother at the same time every single day. Might be a bit frustrating. But this particular week, I can't remember the reason why, but she didn't want to speak to her mum. And so what she said was, Brian, I'm going to run up to the bathroom and you tell my mum that I'm in the bath and can't come to the phone right now. What would you do? Would you tell her mother that she doesn't really want to speak to you and she's hiding in the bathroom, not really in the bath? Or would you follow through with a lie? The title of the sermon this morning is Telling the Truth." And we've been looking at the Ten Commandments. So let's turn to Exodus 20 and verse 16. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. The background of the Ten Commandments is that they were never designed to be a list of do's and don'ts, a way for you and I to enter into God's good books. It was never meant to say something like, If you keep these Ten Commandments, then God will be really pleased with you and reward you. Now, look a bit further back in Exodus 20 to verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You see, the commandments begin at verse 3. And we see God saving Israel and he brings them into relationship with himself. Do you remember how we saw in Exodus 19 that God said, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you in eagle's wings and brought you to myself? God promises to save them, to save them out of their slavery, to save them out of their brokenness. And he commits himself to them. He makes a covenant with them. And then he tells them, what is his expectation of them? It's important that we don't reverse that order, that we see that we must behave before we belong to God. See, the worst thing that I could do this morning is to take the ninth commandment, or in fact, any of the commandments, and speak about them in a way that would encourage you and I to seek forgiveness and acceptance along the lines that we try to do these commandments and God will be pleased with us the technical christian term for that is legalism it says if i obey these commandments then i'll earn god's approval Uh, and can i just say to you as clearly as i can this morning none of us can enter into god's good books you will never earn god's acceptance by obeying the law let me say it again in case you've missed it you will never earn god's acceptance by obeying the law. So what I don't want you to hear me this morning is is if I say we should tell the truth, and if I don't tell the truth, that's wrong. Start telling the truth and God's going to be pleased with you. That's not what I'm going to say this morning. What I'm going to say this morning is this. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. It says we should tell the truth. We don't tell the truth because we're sinners. We're evil. Only Jesus can make us good. Only then we can speak the truth. And I want you to see that this morning. Because we should tell the truth. This ninth commandment in Exodus 20 verse 16, it actually says, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. The language that's used there is courtroom language. We're involved as a witness. The commandment is clear, you should speak the truth. You're not the lie. The language is simple. It doesn't give us any exceptions or reasons why we would ever be right to speak falsely in a legal situation. Because it's not the oath when you go into a courtroom and and tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. The direct application of this verse is really straightforward. When we're involved in the legal system as a witness, we have to tell the truth. However, the reason we are to tell the truth in court is not just because the court system requires it. It's not because we swear an oath. We should tell the truth in court because God is a God of truth. Titus 1 verse 2 says, God is a God who does not lie. We're to speak the truth because that's what God does. Just one chapter back in Exodus 19 verse 2, we're told, be holy because I am holy. That's a principle not restricted to the courtroom alone. In Proverbs 12, verse 2, we're told the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. So indirectly, but also very clearly, it's not just for the courtroom. It's not just while we're in that court that we have to tell the truth and then we can lie whatever we like outside of it. It's that we're to tell the truth all the time. There's no place, no person, no situation where that's not the case. We should tell the truth. And we see that this command has a strong communal, a community effect. We're not to give false testimony against our neighbors. Our relationships with one another are to be grounded in honesty and truth. And it shows us that when we lie, it has serious consequences for each other. For example, in the direct example of a courtroom, it could even result in the maximum possible punishment allowed—the death penalty—be given out. But again, this is a principle not just restricted to the courtroom. We're not the lie, and we're not the lie against our neighbors. These two essential elements of this commandment show us what's in view here: that we're not—we're we're not to say something untrue against someone else with the intention of damaging that person's reputation something a lawyer might say is slander, defamation. This commandment is really, really clear. You may not say something that's untrue against someone with the intention of doubting that person's reputation. So how do we measure up against that? Do you, do I keep the ninth commandment? On a scale of one to 10, how do you think you're doing? Because there's a real temptation, when we hear a commandment like this, it's short, it's snappy, But we even reduce what it says. We know there is no way we could ever keep it. And so we try to lower the bar and make the standard easier to reach it by minimizing what it's saying does. So we read Exodus 20 verse 16 and we try to tell ourselves, oh, this commandment has just got to do with the law courts. Not just the law courts, but every part of our speech. We might seek to minimize the scope of this commandment. But Colossians 3 verse 8 says, You must rid yourselves of such things as these anger, race, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Rid yourselves of all the things these things must mean they mustn't have a place in our lives. Slander. Speaking untruths about others. Another way we might wriggle out of this commandment is we might ask, Well, who is my neighbor? Truly, it does say, Do not give false testimony, do not give false testimony against your neighbor. But Jesus addressed, who is our neighbor? Remember that story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10? His point was, everybody is your neighbor. And we should re- apply this commandment to every relationship we're in. We're not to run others down or say or do anything that's designed to talk down someone or, 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 or push them down so we can lift ourselves up in comparison. However, it's, it's perfectly possible to break this testimony without giving false testimony. Perfectly possible to break this commandment. Because we might try and excuse our behavior by saying, oh, we were only telling the truth about that person. I'm not giving false testimony. But maybe you're gossiping. Which is essentially using the truth against someone else. That is different to slander, which is using lies against someone. But even if you're telling the truth, you may still not keep this commandment, because Romans thirteen verse nine tells us the commandments you should not commit adultery, you should not murder, you should not steal, you should not covet. And whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one command love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor; therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. We have sneaky, wee Christian ways that we break this commandment. Maybe we say, "I'm just sharing. I'm just sharing this for you to pray over," or "I'm just sharing this bit of information in confidence." Maybe the truth, but we can easily use the truth to pull each other down. As I said, we might share something for prayer, which actually is just our aim, is to pass on some destructive bit of gossip. We need to widen the maximum application of this commandment because that's the approach Jesus took in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. We may be tempted to reduce this command in an effort to make it easier to keep. We're told to rid yourselves of all such things. The purpose of the law is to act like a spotlight. It shines a light into our hearts and shows us we don't keep any of these commandments. We certainly don't keep this one. And so here's the question. Why do we tell the truth? Why do we lie? Maybe it's because we want to look good. Or we've done something wrong, so we want to point the the finger somewhere else so people don't look at us. Or maybe it's to avoid conflict, or maybe it's to get my own way. There are many reasons why we don't tell the truth. But the root answer to that question is is in Matthew 12, verses 33 to 37. Verse verse 34, we read what Jesus says, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Why you and I don't tell the truth? Well, it's because we're evil. Evil in our hearts. And it's in every single one of our hearts. is described by the Bible as rebellion against Almighty God. Rebellion and rejection of God who made us and so knows us. What is best for us? Like the serpent in in the Garden of Eden, as John 8 verse 44 tells us, that serpent, the devil, is the father of lies. We question and we Try to minimise the commands that God has given us. We ask, did God really say that? The question is goodness. We challenge his right to rule. That is sin. And that's a serious problem in your heart and mine. God is perfectly holy. He must respond with fierce opposition to sin. He must punish And in Matthew 12, Jesus says, But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they've spoken. Why do we sin? Why do we break these commandments? Because we're evil. We will face judgment from God. Only when we realize the bad news that we're deserving of judgment then we can appreciate any of the good news at all once we've realized that we do not obey God's commandments and that we're in danger of judgment we desperately need to know that only Jesus can make us good Jesus God's perfect righteous son the one who is the way the truth and the life died in our place for our sentence. He took our punishment as he hung upon the cross so that we could be completely forgiven Remember you will never and I will never earn God's acceptance by obeying the law. Because Jesus is the only person who ever told a lie. He always spoke the truth. You see, in Jesus, a man who followed these commandments completely. He is God who came to earth and kept the law for us. He then died on a cross to take the punishment for those who did not keep the law. And We place our faith in him. God changes the verdicts on our lives. He hands down the verdict that we are good instead of evil. How can that be? We, we have already seen that we are evil. We're sinners. But well, what happens is this. He, God transfers the perfect sinless record of Jesus to us. This is amazing grace. In the moment when we first believe our past sin doesn't cease to exist we haven't done any good work that could somehow make up for the our disobedience yet god completely in christ forgives us he wipes the record of our sin away and he credits us with the good of his son upon us we do not tell the truth because we are evil If we trust in Jesus and accept his offer to pay for our punishment and make us good, we can be forgiven and acceptable to God. He saved Israel. He'll save us. Only then we can speak the truth. When we trust in Jesus and in his death on the cross, God begins the process of making us more like Jesus as he places spirit upon us through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the power of his word. And as we meet together as Christians, God begins to take away our desire to sin and he renews our minds and changes our lives. That is the Christian life, a lifelong process of becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ, who kept the commandments completely. This process begins the moment you become a Christian and will not end until you meet Jesus face to face. This process is not an automatic work. It involves effort as well. As we're given power by the Holy Spirit, we fight against sin. Every time we face a situation where we're tempted to say something untrue, we can pray and ask God to help us to resist, to to flee temptation, to slander, to speak an untruth. We can ask for his help which he has promised to give us. As we run in pursuit of holiness and speaking the truth and as we do this more and more we become more and more like Jesus who is the way the truth and the life once again we must not confuse the order of things first we are saved by Jesus dying on the cross from that moment on, we're completely forgiven and accepted by God. Nothing we can do can make us more saved or more loved by God. Second, we work with together with the Holy Spirit we're to grow more and more like Christ. This only comes after being totally accepted and made right before God through faith in Jesus. So let's not confuse the two. So This morning, let's take seriously what we learned from this commandment. We are to be a people who do not give false testimony against our neighbors. We are to be men and women of truthfulness. Boys and girls of truthfulness. For as we do that, we must keep reminding ourselves that Jesus' death on the cross and not our hard work is why God will accept any of us. Why God will forgive any of us. Why God will help us to live and speak out the truth. For there is nothing more important for us, that as Christians, to live out a faithful witness to our Saviour God. Our words must be trustworthy at all times. Otherwise, how will people believe us when we want to give them the words of eternal life? Let's pray this morning that God would search out our attentions and our words and that we would be coming to Christ afresh, seeking his forgiveness and his grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to live as people of truth. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray, search out our hearts and our words. Forgive us for our many failures. Renew us in Christ as we come to you in faith this day. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray, renew us. And may we keep trusting in you and through the power of your Holy Spirit, be faithful, holding out your word of truth to others. You are a God of truth. And so we pray in Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would help us. Live faithfully and truthfully before others, holding out the truth of eternal life in Christ to others. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. We pray that this service has been an encouragement to you, a challenge and a help to build you up in your faith in Christ. We've now ended our church service and we'd be delighted if you can join with us again. Thank you for being with us in Donna Parish. God bless you.